Hello, and welcome to another episode of Philosophy. I'm your host, Justin Land, and today I have with me Sergen Kaur. She is a sacred song songstress and spiritual coach. She has seven albums and makes beautiful music. And today I'm happy to have her on my show. Hello, Sergen. Hi. Thanks for having me. No worries. No worries. Uh, how are you doing? Um. What was the question? I didn't quite get that. This is the most important question. How are you doing? Oh, how am I doing? Um, yes. Wonderfully. <laughs> wonderfully, yes. You're, uh, no, uh, we know uh, this happens with the, the, all the previous episodes. Uh, it's always the Joshua Teachings Connection. So that's how I know you. And uh -huh. um, yeah, it's, I've seen that you have a very colorful background and uh, yeah, you're actually part of the, the boot camp teaching system now, and you have really incorporated the teachings, I think, into your life. And I'm just very curious, of course, to hear about this aspect of, yeah, how, how are you, how did you come to these teachings? And um, yeah, maybe we can start there. Yeah, I, well, I, I suppose the short answer is that I met Gary in an online course. Um, but for about two years prior to that, I had been listening to Abraham, like almost, almost throughout the entire day, every day, um, because it was at a time where people were posting the full like retreats and cruises and stuff on YouTube. And I've noticed that they've taken them off since. So I'm like, wow, it was like the perfect timing for me. Um, so I got kind of into that vibration. It, you know, it was, I felt like I needed to listen to it that much because it was really changing the way that I approached my life. You know, it was like changing the way that I, I acted and reacted and saw myself and, um, listening to it that much was helpful because I needed the reminder. Like it, it almost became my, you know, my self-talk, like just to sort of drown out my own self-talk maybe. Um, so, and you know, before that I'd been a yogi and all that. So it wasn't like I was new to a lot of the ideas, but I was new to kind of the ease in the approach. Cause when I was doing you know, strictly yoga, it was like, you know, you wake up by a certain time and you take a cold shower and you wrap your head. And, you know, there was all these like constraints around, um, or at least that's how it felt to me around how I should present myself and, and act and, and behave and things. And, um, it started to, it dawned on me, um, ironically actually, because the yoga that I do is based on a, a line of Sikhism and Sikhism is based in the idea that um, all of the external, you know, um, religious or spiritual stuff is just baloney. I mean, that's the whole scriptures is, is, is saying, know. you know, know don't, don't look spiritual, you know, be it. Like, remember who you are. Mm. And, um, but as humans, we, you know, we, we want to create, we want to create these, um, you know, outward appearances. And we want to think that by doing certain things that we, you know, we are, um, a, a certain identity or whatever. So I got a little wrapped up in that. And, um, so listening to Abraham was super refreshing. It made me question a lot of what I was doing and, and also understand it on a deeper level. I think it had kind of like a, a dual 
thing. And so when I met Gary, um, I didn't realize that anyone else was doing, you know, what, what Esther was doing. And I was totally fascinated. Um, I started uh, listening to his podcast because I contacted him and I was like, um, I can't remember why I initially contacted him. Oh, I initially contacted him because I, I knew about his podcast. And so I, I remembered on the, at the end of it, it said, you know, if you have a question for Joshua, um, you know, write to whatever. And since I knew, I knew, you know, where he was on Facebook, I just Facebook messaged him. And I said, I had this question and it was this question that I had really, 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 really wanted to ask, um, Abraham at a December, um, workshop that I had gone to in Phoenix. That's where I was at the time. And I could, t and it was just, it was too high level. Like the, it was, it was not something that the rest of the people in the, you know, space were going to be interested in. And I, I remember this moment where Abraham looked at me in the first, I can't remember, segment, is that what they call it? Like stared, like stared at me for, you know, a half of a second or whatever, but it impacted me. And I had my hand up and they were, they looked at me like, hell no, you know, ah, <laughs> yes, That's not nice. doing but I took it really, I like was really like offended, you know, like I, I by you know. spiritual guidance or offended by non-physical. Yeah. All no, knowing. Like my question. How, is dare, how dare they? Yeah. What is your, what was your question? So it had to do with what, what vibration means. What do mm -hmm. we mean by um, a higher freak a frequency uh, or vibration? Because as a musician, you know, I was like, does this mean it's a higher note? Is it louder? Is it, you know, like, what does this mean? And um, I really loved, I really loved Joshua's answer that it had to do with, um, you know, basically the, the, the depth of your awareness, like your ability to perceive more. Yes. Um, so that was really exciting for me. And I, I mean, I honestly could not believe, because when you go from thinking that you have to attend a seminar, be in a, you know, a lottery of like 2000 people um, mm -hmm. to get a question answered to being able to do it over Facebook. And they send you, you know, he sent me a PDF for free. Yes. Um, it was, it was extremely exciting. So that's, uh, I, that's, that, I find that to be, um, I think that's uh, the way that a lot of people enter into this. Uh, I mean, I started and I, I, I didn't just start with Abraham, I, I actually started with Bashar. I had, I, there was different channels, and I still look to other channels. But Joshua uh, is at the moment the one that I vibrate the most with, and I like you. I listen to it often in the day on repeat, all the the episodes, and I can listen over and over and get new things out of it. And then, uh, and I'm very thankful to the other to Abraham and Bashar as well. I had, when I was there's a phase like, I guess three years ago, when I was really, really into the Bashar. Uh, you, you know, he, he's the uh, fifth, yeah, fifth really. dimensional. Uh, wait a second, fifth dimensional uh, being from Essasani that is, we can't see his planet because it's obviously a different dimension. But it would be where we, I guess, near direction of Sirius. If we were vibrating at that frequency, we could see it. But dimensions are just vibrational differences. And I found his teachings very deep. And I got a lot of free stuff online. So, you know, I, it's like in the beginning, you know, you're, you're just trying to get the where we can get it. And it was like, 
actually, I think, illegal because it was like a site that it's like for every video. This guy, he's been doing it for like the, since the 70s. So it's like a large library of, of these workshops and conferences. And they have wonderful names like, you know, how to communicate with extraterrestrials. Uh, how, what does it mean to be an alchemist? And, and the, it was, um, yeah, and then they took down that site. So I was forced to look elsewhere a little bit. And then, yeah, I came to. Gary, and he was the first one that I really reached out to. So I, I that was very, it's a good point. I think his accessibility, uh, obviously in his podcast, that format where he's just taking questions from normal people uh, and, you know, anything goes, there's, there's no real formality to it. Just down to earth, you know, he doesn't talk about extraterrestrials much, which I like, but you know, it's like, <laughs> that's totally awesome. I understand every time, you, you know, you talk to that with Joshua, he goes down to the, the very basic, which is everything you believe creates reality. So give anything a positive meaning and then it, it's fine. So yeah, extraterrestrials are your thing and it, it helps you, but don't like have any fear around that. Some people are quite afraid, like they want to be beamed up from earth and saved, you know, and it's like, no, that's, that's, not the case uh it doesn't have to be I'm, and actually uh yoga was also important to me a little bit and I'm, I'm going to some kundalini courses i'm not in the community so what you oh, did was very very different it's you know big in germany. what's up it's really it big, big in germany it's like yeah. the main in germany yeah uh the main type of yoga you mean or uh, could be, uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of different yoga, uh, offered and this one that I want that I go to, he uses gongs and that's why I love it so much is because, you know, and he has a very high understanding of, you know, the universal laws that I also believe in with a little bit of a different twist, you know, the Kundalini twist, uh, and he, but I love the gongs at the end because this is the whole wall of them and I, yoga is nice, but uh, I really just like to lay down and just like vibrate to the, these beautiful, you know, uh, gongs. Uh, so yeah, that, that, it sounds to me like the, that was important for your development, being part of that community, which I'm sure you're still part of. And it was important because also as you grew, uh, you, it, you rubbed against even every, like any doctrines or communities uh, framework there's rules because if you want to be part of a group mm -hmm. the group often has some sort of rules cold showers whatever you begin to like question well I don't feel like taking does that mean that I'm not a good Kundalini practitioner right. or I'm guessing I'm putting words in your mouth but let me hear what you have to say yeah um I actually love taking cold showers so I do that but um but yeah it was it was more like the it was more like the 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 things that I felt sort of kept me apart from other groups of people, such as you know um, strict vegetarian diet, uh, not consuming alcohol, um, keeping all the hair on my body, you know, like not shaving or cutting my hair or doing anything like that, um, and nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. And I don't feel particularly great when I overconsume alcohol or, you know, or meat or stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I understand that there's like a logic to it, but just the idea that you cannot do mm -hmm. something that you've agreed that you will not ever 
Who would you agree, um, would you agree with? I mean, where's this? this is like a contract? Uh, what is what exactly does I mean? You sign it's contract. Twofold. Hmm? It's twofold. It's part of the Kundalini Yoga teacher Kundalini Yoga teacher training. So you okay. agree to this um, at least in terms of how you're presenting yourself as a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, um, and then because I became involved in the Sikh aspect of it, I actually took vows um, and vowed uh, after I would, after I got married, actually, um, we both did to keep these, you know, tenants and um, listening right. to both. Go ahead. You, but you're saying Sikhism, from your definition, it sounded like a very open idea. And now you're telling me there it involves vows. That's not really, I mean, that is that, I mean, how open is that then? Right. Well, Sikhism evolved. So the first teacher that would be considered like the first guru in the lineage of, there were 10. Um, it was very general very general sort of um, teachings about, you know, um, and he would, he would just travel and he would sing like poetry to God, to people, to just get them in a high vibrational state. That's my interpretation. And he declared this, you know, unthinkable thing that, you know, that all is one um, mm -hmm. in India. And then he would dress half Muslim and half Hindu to be like super controversial <laughs> because nice. there was a lot of tension between those two groups at the time. And so his message was basically like, there is no, you know, there, there's no religion. There's just God, you know, mm -hmm. there's, or, or there is religion, but it, it doesn't make a God. There is the one thing. And, you know, um, you guys are creating a lot of fluff around, you know, around this idea. So it's very simple. Um, you know, and then with the second and the third, by the time it got to the 10th, that's when um, there was like a, uh, this vow thing created. Um, the 10th what? What is it? The 10th prophet tenth, or the 10th They're called gurus. Gurus, you know, okay. Teachers. Yeah. Um, and that's when he developed this, you know, this class of person that would uh, bow to, you know, all, all the things that I said, as well as like, um, defend, um, defend people against injustice. So it was, it was sort of like a, an army, like a, a peacekeeping army that he was developing. And, you know, it's hard to say whether that was meant to be just time specific or whether he meant for this to continue for hundreds of years. Um, but, and there's people who, who have acknowledged like, an 11th and a 12th and a 13th and a 14th guru and there's people that you know so there's different sects of of what's going on but the way that it was adopted in the west was very much centered on the 10th teachers teachings and this you know this uh this way of dressing and this way of eating and this way of and um so, so what you're kind of saying is i think it's similar to all religions the the first the buddha the jesus the muhammad I mean, the, can you imagine them as just like a down-to-earth kind of guy who really understood that everything is one and, and you're all, we're all one body, mm -hmm. you know, you know, don't, you know, it's all about love. And then how that is somehow for some people to understand and incorporate that into their life, they need some sort of structure. They can't hold on to mm -hmm. something that's so vague, uh, you know, that everything's love. You know, 
I want to see how I can work and, and get it, you know, prove myself or, to, and then we put on these little rules and they're ridiculous because it's like, um, the rules are not the message. The rules are, they, they, but I'm guessing some people come to the message through rules. I mean, I know I have too, I have a religious background. So I saw, you know, there is spirituality in there. And now I'm, I'm kind of dealing with, you know, how do you, when you have so much freedom of thought now, like you do and I do, and we start working in these <laughs> new areas for, for us and others as well. We're, we're coming, defining things totally new for ourselves. I can't go to a, a Bible and say, this is the way, you know, and then you go to Joshua's teaching. There's nothing there that says you, ha you have to do this. or you, you know, it's just like um, showing us, you know, options of from a higher perspective, what it looks like from up there, which is not up there, but just from a broader seeing what we're doing really is ha what's really happening, you know, and, and when you're in the labyrinth, you don't see that you need that guidance from something that's not in that labyrinth of thought which we got there through things like religion funny enough so it's like a big loop <laughs> and uh i'm i'm actually also curious how so you're a singer and you did you you were singing before you became part of the kundalini community yeah i was a, a singer songwriter before i i got into yoga and i had a journey with that um, and sort of transitioning from like heartbreak songs to, you know, to mantra music. Mm. And, uh, so that, that was, that was really interesting. I'm finding now that I've been in the vibration of mantra that I'm like starting to want to write more conscious English language stuff. Um, cause, uh, it's my native tongue and I enjoy, you know, writing songs, things. Nice. I yeah. went to my first mantra singing. Uh, three three days ago, I mean, at the Kundalini yoga thing, there's we say, we, I mean, he, he repeats some mantras, but mm -hmm. this is really when it was like a room packed full of people, and he had the, I guess, some sort of Indian accordion piano thing, harmonium, uh, yeah, and some interesting flutes, and and one of those, uh, what's the name of the Indian guitar, one of the one of the Indian guitars. Uh, but it was really amazing um, experience, the repetition and coming to vibration. Uh, and, and obviously in your music, um, you know, there's, when, you, when you're doing that, some of the mantras, it's, it's you know, the, it's, it's kind of hits you also because of the simplicity, I guess, because um, even if you don't, I mean, I guess when you're speaking in the other tongue, um, that shows the words sometimes are not as it's more the vibration of them than than it is the what we interpret mm -hmm. like, the word to mean. It's it's literally you know yeah. uses a device. But you know more about this. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I'm actually curious where you are. Are you in northern Germany? <laughs> no. Uh, okay, I, I'm in Leipzig. Yeah. But where did that come up? Well, because I was just there last uh, this last summer, and so I met a bunch of um, you know you teachers and musicians and stuff. So I was like, I wonder if if you're, what, if you're... You it, what, with all the coincidences that are not coincidences, <laughs> most definitely. Uh, yeah, he's in Leipzig. Um, I forgot his name. I didn't mention your name to him. Uh, I guess this interview. Is he an older man. I don't What's remember. 
Is he an older man? No, no, he's a, uh, I mean, he's middle-aged. Uh, he wears, uh, the, he wears primarily the, I think the blue and orange. I don't know, like, does that mean, like the different colors that, that um, people in the Kundalini or sick? No, but the, the, um, the royal blue and the orange are, are more like the, the warrior. Um, I think he sees himself as a warrior because there's, yeah. like there's a fighting class before the Kundalini class yeah. with yeah, swords okay. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gone to that one yet. Looks. Yeah, mention my name because I, because I, I may know them. But anyway, um, your question about mantra. Um, yeah, so I, um, I actually, I, I was performing with this woman and she would always, she was always like, the, the way that you explain the mantras is so nice, like you should talk about them more. But when I, when I chant them, I so, I so much prefer to sort of feel into what they mean rather than like, um, I don't know, be like really studied about what they mean. So sometimes like I was, I did a mantra the other day and I realized I didn't even know what the, what the meaning was, but like, because this, it's different than the English language was come up with, right? Like these, these words came from, these sounds came from people who were in deep meditation. So they would create these sounds based on, you know, where they resonated in the body and the brain and um, they would affect different areas and they felt good, you know, in different ways. So if you get into it and chant it then you can really discover for yourself what, what it does. Um, it's nice though, for people who are starting just so that they don't like, you know, they're not like, what are we chanting? <laughs> you know, like, what, what are we saying here? What am I agreeing to? You know? Um, so, I mean, for that, I understand, you know, if people have a little bit of discomfort around like the, the fact that it's a different language, it's, it's nice to explain it a little, but yeah. That's a, I, I, there's, um, it's, it's a bit similar, but I mean, one could talk also about the feeling aspect of creation of music. So, so inspiration comes, and and then the question is, um, yeah, some people have used drugs to uh, become very creative with their music, LSD, uh, even you know, tobacco, uh, marijuana, um, the whole rap scene, you know, that came from marijuana mostly they're they they talk about it all the time and you know and they're feeling it so what i'm getting from the vibration of these beats and these feelings is is uh it's very corporal um and powerful so you know it's i mean all music i'm guessing is is kind is, is like that but some of it is you know that's more, I guess, more has a vocal element, which I think rap does. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it um, yeah, I don't know what is your feelings about, I don't know if I can make that into a question or not. Like about the use of drugs or? <laughs> no, 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 I just, um, the, you were talking about how you can feel it in your body. So I'm just, yeah, do meditation, deep meditation. My point being that these guys on the streets, they were not going to Kundalini classes, but they mm. still got, they were still getting into a meditative state. Okay. So yeah. we have to be honest about this. There are yeah. multiple ways to be, to in debt meditation, just is sure. one way, definitely. And then some people are using this, this other way, but they're getting the feeling first and trying to express it 
in you know some sort of the rhythm and put it to words but it always i think it has to be opening up the music that one's always receiving mm -hmm. right what, what is your impression about this um I'm still not totally sure I understand the question. No, no, okay. well, it's about inspiration, like where inspiration comes from for a musician. So, uh, oh, yeah, does it yeah, begin, if it, if it becomes one, does it begin with the feeling? Does it begin with that aspect or or you think it's, you know, um, you know, like you said, a part of the body. So I get, so you get a vibration in part of your body and that's expressed in a certain guttural tone that comes up. That tone has no maybe definition. It has no, it, but it maybe ha rhymes with a certain word like girl. So there's uh -huh. the first word of the song. The, yeah. It doesn't matter, it's a girl. The mattering is that I had that feeling in that part of my body that brought that kind of, that's the closest expression of that yeah. inexpressible feeling. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's important to note that you know, not all music is created from a state of meditation and relaxation. So, you know, I think the main thing is, is that musicians are not res are non-resistant to music coming in. Right. And then whatever sort of, you know, whatever their vibe is, then that's the thoughts they're going to attract. And that's the type of song they're going to end up writing. Right. But I mean, I was just as prolific when I was depressed at writing music as I am now, you know, when, when I'm. Okay. Can you listen to that? But honestly, I mean, do you feel like, I mean, when you listen to depressed music, does that make you depressed that you wrote or, or do you feel, you still feel drawn to it? Well, it's funny, actually, I was listening to it the other day because I, I was, um, I'm in a new relationship. I don't know if you've, if you've met one. Um, I've seen him online. I mean, yeah. and I've seen him the Joshua. He seems like a very nice guy. Yeah, I'm, 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 we're Facebook friends, so I see a lot of, a lot of food yeah. coming from him. <laughs> yeah, I make a lot of food. Um, so we were driving back from um, going to the snow one day, and I was inspired to have him listen to one of the songs that I recorded as Porter before I was Sirgan, because that was my birth name. And I was listening to it, and I didn't feel depressed listening to it. I was actually like, wow, I was, I was really good. You know, I didn't like myself very much or think that at the time, but, you know, this was really pretty. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think that us, I think, I think you, you are attracted to songs for different reasons. You know, somebody might like listening to Kurt Cobain because they're super depressed and somebody might just really appreciate the craft of it, you know, and be in a really great mental state or, or, you know, feeling state. Mm. It's, uh, I just had to throw a, my kids are in the was crawling around. I had to throw a, a chocolate thing over them too. <laughs> Cause she was gonna walk right through the the, the podcast. I'm like, uh, it's not professional. Uh, anyways, uh, mine are in school for the first time ever. This is okay. the first day I've been homeschooling for for uh, oh, wow. seven. Yeah. Oh, oh you have been homeschooling? Are they seven years old or? Uh, well, my son. Yeah, my older one's gonna turn seven in mm -hmm. February. Um, so they both entered, and then my my three year old who's gonna turn four. In a couple months, um, he just started preschool today. Wow! So this isn't a big event. I mean, uh, I guess is this where the homeschool is part of the Kundalini ideas, or mm -mm. no? It was my my personal um, my personal project. Uh, yeah, I got really into the whole uh, unschooling concept, and um, like 
you know, free, free learning, democratic learning and all that. Um, but it turns out I'm not a super passionate homeschooling mom. So <laughs> yeah, you're not the one that's going to like, uh, do math at 12 to two o'clock. I'm guessing, right? No, well, the idea is more freeform, but you have to really be willing to like be attentive to your children all day. And because I have so many passion projects that I love to do, we just ended up kind of doing our own thing all day. And it didn't, it, it just start, it started to not feel good. So. No, I, this is a very interesting because, yeah, have you seen the episode I had with uh, Wendy? I don't know. Mm -hmm. or heard it. Yeah, she, we were talking a lot about children. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very with this, these teachings as well, like seeing children as our teachers, uh, also seeing them as vibrating higher than us. So there is a bit of a hierarchy, but it's not a better than. It's more like they are more, more in tune to their natural self. They know what they like and mm -hmm. what they don't like. We're confused by what we like, as it, but we know by our feelings, but we, we're lying to ourselves. Like, I mean, it's just like, pretending that we like math because we have to, you know, it's like, Oh, a normal person, you know, every, you know, smart, that's, you know, you have to know, you know, a lot of math, but, uh, this is not true. It's, it's, it's all about, right. From our, the understanding is that kids are coming in equipped with the compass. Yeah. And our, our point is to just help them on that journey. But, um, at the same time, I think a structure of some sort, they're, they're coming knowing they're going to have to deal with that as well. So having a, having to taste the schooling system to, to kind of like maybe later throw it away, you know, to take a ladder of some sort and just throw it away later. I'm not saying I throw away mine, but it's like, um, my schooling, it's like, I'm sure the same with you is like, what the hell was I doing the whole time? I mean, I, I didn't do a lot of homework. I didn't, you know, I was socially awkward and I realized it was some sort of game of sociability. Like I saw the ones that were having a good time, but they were not, you know, I wanted to be seen as good. So <laughs> it's like that, that, that doesn't work in, in the high school, you know? And uh, yeah, and I'm, what I'm seeing with my kids now, is that the structures change with the schooling, at least here in, in Germany, where the kids are running around the schools in the hallways, throwing, they're, they're not fighting, but they're getting really rough, you know, and they're, they're throwing stuff around and it's like chaos and nobody intervenes. Oh, like, wow. Is, if the system, and this is a public school, this is not a private school, this is a normal public school. Granted, it's a newly built one, but uh, just the buildings new, like an open plan, but it, it still has the same curriculum. In the same times, it's just they have rooms that are just dedicated to uh, gymnastics, music. Uh, there's, like, there's like it's actually called a disco. You know, they have a freaking disco where they, you know, first graders, fourth grade, they just go in there and just like blast, you know, pop music and disco music, just really? jump around. And they're they're because they're coming with so much energy that they can't sit down like we did. I'm just thinking. So I came from energy where somehow I was able to sit in my freaking chair through an hour of some health class or whatever, or Spanish, that I obviously didn't want to necessarily listen, you know, I wasn't, but they wouldn't even 
sit there. I'm guessing you can't make them sit for an hour for something they don't want. They just they just get up and leave. <laughs> well, this is I, this is what's happening. These kids are just like like they don't. Or you may say they don't respect authority, but the system is, uh, has, because it's such an unmasked level, you know, we're not, you know, I don't know what's like in the States at the moment, but, um, you know, you know, heard about Finland and all these other countries that are just like throwing away the whole system where they're like, you know, whatever, four hour days, three hour days, no standard curriculum, whatever the kid wants to do is fine. Even video games or whatever. It's like, yeah. So this is, we're dealing with this kind of new like paradigm shift and um you know it, it, but i feel like the system's already adjusted funny enough i don't know it, it depends on where you're at but i don't know what your experiences are maybe i can understand why maybe you didn't want to put them in the school system but it seems like uh the kids already changed the system without the government changing uh, this i was really impressed by the public school that i put my older son in um like they don't do homework you know they have um they have like a they have two teachers in with, so they've, they've combined both the kindergartens because I put my six-year-old in kindergarten because they'd never gone to school before. Um, and uh, it, it, it's just seemed really, pro it seemed really progressive. And I mean, there is, you know, there's the rules and, and the things that he'll, he won't be used to. Um, but he was sitting for most of the day by choice, which I found really fascinating. Like mm -hmm. he, he was, he was like gaming, like, you know, or, or watching stuff or like watching people game, um, for large portions of the day. And he'd, on sorry, on YouTube or what do you mean? Yeah. Watching YouTube. Game? That's yeah. well, that's, I've, this is what my kids are doing. Yeah. Uh, they're watching other people play Minecraft. Yeah. And <laughs> Mario, he like Minecraft. From my generation, I'm a gamer too. I'm sorry to go on this, but it's like one of my passions was gaming. Uh -huh. And I look at Minecraft, which looks like the most primitive type of, I mean, I know it's open world, but it's like, it's, it's in this block form. The graphics don't look pretty, uh, but the creative aspects of it seem to be very, and they're, they're role-playing stuff and they're learning about, you know, this idea of playing in the world uh and so i don't i have like same issue as like you know are you guys watching too much of people playing games and <laughs> yeah. i'm just standing back for a moment and saying we'll see where this leads because i know for myself i've played a lot that you know you just you, when you when you satisfy an or well an inspiration you get mm -hmm. to the next one so like yeah, yeah. you know it won't be a forever thing so i'm just telling you you don't you don't have to worry about yeah, no, I, I was not, con so I, you know, we were unschooling, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's like, you know, unlimited, whatever, you know, media, they get to eat when they want and go to sleep when they want, and, you know, within reason, because they want me to help them go to bed. So I, you know, like, if I need to go to bed, then they do. But, um, but it, you know, I let it, I let it like to the extremes, right? It was like, mm -hmm. you know, you may the extremes. Like, like, I don't know, that felt really extreme for me. <laughs> like you sort of eat whatever you want, do whatever you want. Um, yeah. But because we're going through a divorce right now, I was noticing that he wasn't doing the gaming and the watching so much because he was inspired to anymore. I could tell he was doing it because he didn't want to feel. Mm. And I wanted to help him get past that fear. 
and so, you know, I, I did, I did, I, let's say I was inspired to help him get past that fear because I felt like it was my own fear of putting, especially my older son in school because of the social thing, which really doesn't make any sense because I never had like in for, you know, well, actually that's not true. I guess in elementary school, there was stuff too, but it was mostly high school that was traumatic. It was high school. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, junior high and high school was oh, moving to a different state also was mm-hmm. a big change, but yeah, and so we moved. It gets brutal. It gets brutal then. Yeah, elementary school is so much. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was still. It felt good. I got. A, I got a good vibe. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, and and we just moved here too, so he doesn't know any other kids, and he wasn't. You know, he he doesn't like group activity. You know, he's very resistant to like group activities. You know, he wouldn't want me to sign him up for like soccer or swimming or stuff like that. So, it just seemed like the best idea. And then the school is a three minute walk from our house. So I walked him there this morning and it's, you know, gorgeous because things are very well maintained here. The teachers love what they're doing because they're hopefully getting, you know, paid a living wage. And, you know, it, it just seems like everybody just really loves being there, which I, I just felt so good about. So. And, and can you maybe mention to our viewers and listeners, I remember on the call with Joshua, it was, I think one or two weeks ago, how you found this school right? Is this the one we're talking about? No, this is the elementary school. And that one, um, it was the first one I looked at and Juan just mentioned, you know, we have an elementary school just like right here. So I went and looked at it and I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is impressive. No. So the other one I was looking for preschools were harder because, you know, they're like much more limited enrollment and, um, and it's harder to get, you know, for working, there's a lot of working, people around here. I mean, dual income homes. So like, there's a lot of need for preschools. And, um, I was calling around and it's the middle of the school year. So, you know, most of the places are, are full and they have wait lists for September. So I, I, and I looked up, um, like preschools near me, I saw day, a daycare person and I called her up and she was like, and her name just like lit up for me. Um, I called her up and she was like, you know, you have, you have a boy, he's five. Most of the kids I have are like two and three. He's not, no, he's five. He's, he's three. Most of the kids I have are like newborn to two. Um, he's, he, you want someplace where he can like be rough and tumble and be with kids his own age and whatever. And there's this amazing preschool that's in a church, but it's not religious and yada, yada, really affordable, whatever. So I was like, this sounds great. So I called them and they do happen to have a spot for two days a week. So I, I set up the tour and you know, the way it goes is like you call them on one day and then they have a tour date on the next day or on like three days from now. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a gamble, but the spot will still be available. Right. And we show up and he, um, I actually brought him with me and the the lady was like, we're so sorry, but we filled the spot that I told you about, like right after I hung up the phone with you. At first I was like, are you kidding me? God, if I had known, I would have just signed up then. And then I stopped myself and I was like, wait, no, this can't be the preschool for us because if that happened, then, you know, this must not be the place for us. So we we went on the tour and and he really liked it, but you know, it wasn't going to be the place for us. And I thought maybe they would, you know, have an opening next month or something. I was staying open about it. But, um, before we actually went there, my son, um, was reluctant to leave the house 
because he, you know, he like had just gotten out of bed. And so I was, I had this inspiration to be like, let's go to this coffee place that his auntie would take him to sometimes. And he, they have this like little toy coffee making set. And, um, and I'd never been to it before. And as I'm driving on my way, I get this thought, like, I'm going to solve this like by going there, there's something at this coffee place that, you know, maybe somebody's going to tell me about how great their preschool is and has an opening or something. I just, I just felt like that was going to happen. So I, I park the car and I, I look over towards where the coffee place is and right next door, there's a martial arts studio and a, it says Brighton View Montessori. It's a Montessori preschool. And so we walk in and they do have a spot. We set up a tour. We got the spot. I mean, it was like, it, it was. Uh, so he's, he's going there. He, the pre, your youngest is going to that preschool, Montessori. It's the one he wanted to go to, which uh, he just, uh, yeah. it's obvious. And I think this is very interesting because I'm curious. So you come from a background of following a lot of your inspiration. I think of, uh, uh, the artists, the artist's way, the musician's way, um, you begin to notice how inspiration works perhaps better than other people who have normal jobs. And, it, and you have the Inspired Artist podcast, which I'll list as well, great podcast. And I think that maybe, I mean, you have a, a step up for a lot than a lot of people because of this background that you have as being, you know, being able to have a career as a musician and artist and now you're at the next level where i think the one thing that maybe i'm just because i'm speaking for myself as well is that i would see things as negative but in reality they were positive because they were just showing us the where we're supposed to go so getting a rejection wasn't really a rejection it was just that that's not the school he wanted to go to necessarily and or that he was meant to go to and and the way to and then maybe you would have processed it differently. And the question is, I don't know, is from the, the teaching of Joshua, did you, have you, did that, did that affect the way you dealt with that situation or how you followed inspiration in that case? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because in the past I would have been like, like, you know, I would have had this negative emotion sitting on me throughout the whole tour of being like, why did this lady not call me right after, you know, I like, she did that. Why did she have me come on the tour? You know, like all these negative thoughts that have been going um, but instead it was just like, we'll find another place, you know, or it'll be this place next month. You know, it was, it was, um, but it was interesting because when we showed up at the Brighton View Montessori, so Montessori is very structured. Um, and it's I very, I didn't know it was structured. I thought it was, it was like, uh, a, a little bit like Waldorf, uh, Waldorf, no, no, <laughs> Waldorf oh. is, is very, it, I, I look at Waldorf as like the, like very, um, hippie sort of uh so my kids went my kids went to the preschool like like play in the woods make fairies you know that sort of thing like play with stones and play with stones and sticks and and sticks that that that, that's the big difference like you know i mean it's it's beautiful but like my kid was my young someone to be like you know he's playing with sticks and and rocks and he's like daddy i all my cars i'm like sorry this is the rules here. It's about your creativity. Imagine that rocks a car. It's a Mercedes, you know. And he was like, "No." But anyway, so yeah, 
I feel like all of those things can can be have the potential to just become doctrine you know it's it's Mm. like no we want you to have imagination you cannot you know but as opposed to like this is what you get to play with you know like um this is what's available but uh yeah and I know in Germany well I mean that's where Waldorf is from right yeah yeah definitely and uh, I don't think they they they, I haven't he hasn't danced his name for me like you know that the the Waldorf is supposed to have some sort of dance or name I mean keep on and they never do it (laughs) it's like the one thing that it's like kind of famous for is like still mysteriously they don't show it it's like there's so much like a little bit of secrecy there too like with whenever the kids would do their dancing things I never they would have somebody you're you're with me i think it's obviously you're with words. Me. yeah you're with yeah. me yeah but uh have somebody come yeah, in and montessori is different because they they have and i don't know if this one is just particularly more hardcore but i remember from my friend sending her son to montessori that it was very it's very serious i mean you you like not in like a you know a, a terrible way but it's like you know you're you have your your kid has each child has the work that they're doing. And when they're done with the work, then they ask for more work and they, you know, they, they go through the ask for more work. I would never ask for more work. The work in quotes is like a puzzle. Okay. (laughs) You know, like a drawing. You're saying vegging out doesn't work in Montessori. Right. You're very focused. And I think that this is going to be really perfect for my little, for my little guy, because he likes to be busy. You know, he does not like to just, He's, his brother, which, so this I found really interesting, right? Because they were both homeschooled. They were both given total liberty to do whatever the heck they wanted. My youngest one hardly ever watched anything. Like he wanted to be doing Duplos. He wanted to be doing Play-Doh. He wanted to be cutting up fruit in the kitchen, you know, all this stuff. Um, my older one was totally happy to just sit on the couch and and watch YouTube for hours. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, before the divorce, he would take a lot more breaks, but that but that was still like his happy spot. It was just sitting and watching, you know. Yeah. So building building up the hand eye coordination. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's right. like uh yeah. I have yeah. to to you know, like this is interesting combining playing video games with spirituality. It's inter- it, there everything mm-hmm. is a is a a teaching. So yeah. I am who I am because I did play a lot of games and I understand how reality for me works. This is a very matrix-like environment, okay? And I see through the games I play, I love strategy games, right? So, you know, in charge of lots of people. And I don't, like, you did have, like, God-like things. And I didn't, it's not like I, I want to be God, but it was kind of a thrill, you know, to, you know, to have, you know, total control. I felt some freedom in that, and I got out that you know that, that middle school, high school kind of where I was nothing. You know, I felt very little value in myself. So of course, I the only light I could go to was with my imagination. Was kind of right. was playing with these games, and uh, now it's I don't necessarily need that anymore. And you know, but I I can see where the kids of this generation have. Mm-hmm. Obviously, have more access with these phones and games yeah. are free. When I had to buy a game, it costed like fifty, sixty dollars for a kid. You know how many hours McDonald's have to work? <laughs> you know, it's like you just think of how many burgers I have to flip to do to get. So I had a you know, once you got a game, it was a, you know, yeah, you, were, you had one game. You know, but now these kids are just like downloading twenty games at one time and they're going through each one. It's yeah. still that. 
expensive, though. I mean. No, no, well, not the free games, not the, like, on oh, your oh. iPad. I'm talking, oh, you're talking about the, the console. Yeah, okay, I did the console as well, but now my mom's using, like, um, uh, on, like on apps. apps. Yeah, even Minecraft, there's, like, a free version of that, I think, and stuff. Yeah. stuff. And, and it's, it's actually cheaper because it's not, it maybe costs, like, 10 euros or $10 instead of have, know, 50, 60. Have they gotten into the TV show? Which, t the, which one do you There's mean? There's a Netflix Minecraft show. It's okay. so innovative. It's a build your, choose your own adventure. So you're oh, wow. actually choosing where the story goes. There's like alternate, all these alternate plots. Oh, geez. Wow. This yeah, is like so a interactive show. It's really cool. Is, is, it's, so is it, uh, it's in the Minecraft world with, with voices of yeah. people who are playing the characters in the Minecraft world? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is because when I hear them uh, watching these Minecraft players, these are people who often are our age, okay, and they're talking in high pitched voices, you know, <laughs> and, 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 but they're getting millions of views. Uh, and when you look at it, you're just thinking, this is, I mean, from a judgmental perspective, you think it's very stupid, you know. It's like this is, you know, they're, they're doing something like I don't know, like talking to a little dog that's minecraft dog and the whole five minutes goes by with talking about this dog and how cute it is and, and i'm like oh, oh wow but i find it that it's so interesting because when we talk about like you know abundance coming in you know all these different forms i mean who would have known 20 years ago 10 years ago that you could make a multi-million dollar income from playing video games and there's a swedish there's a guy he's the most yeah, I don't. Yeah, great name. <laughs> you know, it's so so. Your your parents are like, you can't play video games all day. You won't ever, you know, make anything of yourself. Well, <laughs> the, the these guys are the biggest YouTubers now. They're making millions. Ninja. There's uh, there's quite a few famous names, and uh, it is definitely there for a reason. Uh, there's if you follow your passion, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what your passion is. It can oh. be, you know. Um, Floral arrangements or playing video games, Lovely. it can give back, open up worlds of abundance. And mm -hmm. I'm guessing that we're kind of running low on time, or we're getting close. Yeah, so I, I have to go lead the uh, the job. Yeah, show. yeah, oh. this is exciting. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's been a wonderful talk. Uh, went in yeah, directions I didn't didn't expect. I'm guessing you didn't expect either. No. <laughs> I wanted to talk more about your music. I, of course, I wanted to get. I thought we'd be going more details that, but, but we touched on. We did touch on it, and I'm sure the viewers would have. will get something out of this for the listeners. I hope. Yeah. Well, any any time you want to do this again, and definitely, um, I'm happy to. I like talking to people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. I mean, too. Uh, what's your star sign? Libra. Oh yes, that I'm I'm Aquarius, so we we, get, we vibe very well with the thoughts. Uh, yeah. My inner my moon sign is Libra, so my sun sign okay. is. Uh, I don't uh, I don't know what I'm. Yeah, I, I have to go figure that out. This, this is, that is very time. important. Um, I know so. I'm not. You know, I've been in the yoga world for long enough, and I just. <laughs> no, it's just another belief that we can play with. Yeah. It's like I mean, it, it, it. I think things have on the last point before we close, which is that everything. You know, it's not about taking things seriously. It's it's about you know seeing reality as our creation and the messages and things, and we're talking to ourselves. So a star <laughs> sign is kind of a reflection of sorts of who we 
kind of think we are and it yeah. can be good or bad depending on how we use it and that's yeah. it um i love the the conversation and um yeah i definitely would like to have you on again sometime and awesome thank you thank you yeah. very much so have a have a wonderful day just started uh, in okay. seattle you know you're washington yeah. right or mm -hmm. seattle close to seattle yeah about yeah. 25 minutes from seattle so our day's ending here yeah yours is beginning night <laughs> good morning <laughs> all right i'll talk to you later bye